else would you rather be than right here, right now? For Bills fans. By Bills fans. Only Buffalo is going to win it. This is the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast with Brad the Bruiser Icorn and Alex Jones. Here's Brad the Bruiser Icorn. And welcome back for another edition of the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. Brad the Bruiser Icorn and Alex Jones after a little bit of an absence we apologize for. Uh, but back and ready to go here, fresh off what was uh, a disappointing Sunday morning in London where the Bills came up short against Jacksonville. 25-20, the final score. I don't know. I, I didn't take that loss too hard. I didn't feel too bad. Uh, Jacksonville had been there an extra week. The refs were clearly on their side, and uh, it just seemed like a trap game that was. It was, uh, you know, Murphy's Law, if you will. Anything that could go, could go wrong in that game went wrong. Yeah, it really did, Brad. It, it was a un- really unfortunate game for the Bills. Um, just a lot of bad breaks on their end. One of them, of course, Matt Milano going out in this one, and Daquan Jones the other. So two big injuries in this one. Um, I, I don't think you feel Daquan's injury as much, not to say that he's not important, but the depth on that defensive line has been strong. Um, tag and Puna Ford now. But uh, with Matt Milano going down, that definitely has to sting. The good news is they're both placed on IR, but not necessarily done for the year. Yeah, that seems to be the 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 general consensus is that it's not a season-ending IR situation. Um, there's a lot of talk about possibly guys coming back. Well, I mean, what are some takeaways in this game? I I, I think Rich Eisen said it best at one point that there was uh, more flags than the, he's ever seen in the U.S. Embassy. I mean. Penalty flags were flying in this one. The offense didn't really get going until late. Credit Jacksonville. I think they played a solid game in this one. Uh, but A.J. Epinesa balled out in this one. He's been playing like he's in a contract year this year. I mean, there were some bright spots to take out of this one. But ultimately, I feel like a game the Bills should have won. But somehow it seems like Jacksonville always has their number, always plays them tough. And then... Being a week behind in London, the the cards were felt stacked against them. Yeah, it, it really isn't uh, an ideal situation um, for the Bills going into a game where somebody's had time to acclimate their bodies. Um, a lot of people talk about how difficult it is to do that red eye flight, go in Thursday, try to get your body right, um, and you know it just didn't work out for the Bills. In the end, they were still in the game, really until the last minutes. Um, it just, it just didn't work out, uh, and I think one of the ones it was a bit of a missed opportunity is um, on the onside kick, if you go back and watch it, mm-hmm. Jordan Poyer is supposed to have sideline responsibility. So essentially what the goal of this kick is to put it low and yeah. have it pop up after that. There's basically an end man where it's going to pop up over his head, and you're trying to get somebody in behind him to catch the ball. Poyer was that end man. But if you watch him on the on the onside kick, he breaks inside to try to hit the guy. Instead, if he keeps it, if he doesn't bend his run and runs right up the line, right up the uh, the uh, out of bounds line, he easily catches that ball and the Bills have a shot at. It. I'm not saying that 
you know, that's the whole reason. It's just one thing I noticed where it, it seems like, again, some of these guys, specifically Poyer, it looks just like a, a hair off. You know, it, it looks like maybe he's hitting a little bit of regression from the play we've seen over the past few years. And I think one thing that stands out for me in this loss was they just never really got the run game going. Uh, granted, Josh was the second leading passer in the NFL that weekend. Not that that means anything, but the fact is that they just couldn't get the football going on the ground. That it, The fact that Jacksonville went and took away the run game, that really hurt them, I think, overall offensively. Yeah, I do too. I think it's, it's one of those that, you know, they the – Jaguars came in with a great, great game plan, and they really effects, uh, executed it well to affect the Bills' offense. Well, a tough blow for the Bills, but they look to bounce back this week, hosting the G-Men, the New York Giants, come to town from Jersey, taking on the Buffalo Bills, a Sunday night kickoff at 8.15 on NBC Uh so, national television game here for the Bills coming in. Um, I feel like this is a, a good game for them to get their head straight, especially we think the Bills are hobbled. Plethora of injuries that we'll get into on the Giants. Yeah, just so many. Um, right now it starts in this game, you know, does Daniel Jones play? And even if he does play, does that even benefit the Giants at this point? Uh I think to say the least, Daniel Jones has had a rougher start to the season than a lot of quarterbacks. So, you know, Josh was given a hard time about that performance he had against the Jets. But, I mean, so far in this season, two touchdowns to six interceptions, only 884 yards passing. I mean, that's, yeah, abysmal numbers, especially for the money that he's making this year. Yeah, he is. he has not looked good in the slightest. He really he just has looked like he struggled every single game, even in the best thing, even in his best, best game, he still looked very iffy. He signed through 2026, $80 million contract, fully guaranteed. I mean, freaking crazy that he's getting that money. And if, if he's anything greater than the game manager, I'm scratching my head. I know. I, I still think that was one of the dumber moves of this offseason. It's a lot of money. They can get out of it out of it after next year with some with minimal dead cap. It's still some dead cap. And to say, you know what, we think Daniel Jones is going to keep this up. When last year you were basically having a, a, a statistically improbable season where you couldn't, um, you really couldn't, had more balls bounce your way than the Giants did last year. They did a lot of lucky plays, a lot of close games that came down to one or two big plays, and they ended up winning those games. Um, and, you know, just statistically, you're going to see that regression head back to the mean a little bit, where it, you see this every year. A team that makes the playoffs gets in, winning a lot of tight, close games, getting a lot of lucky bounces. The next year, they take a huge step back, and similar to the Vikings, the Vikings this year won the same way last year as the Giants did, and both teams are taking huge steps back. Let's look at some comparisons in this uh, compiled by the NFL and Next Gen Stats here. 
Overall, Giants are ranked 30th in the NFL in offense this year. Buffalo's ranked 4th. 28th in defense. I'm not sure about how Buffalo's ranked this low, but 14th. Thought they should be near the top where they were at least last week. 30th in passing are the Giants. Buffalo's defense or Buffalo's offense is 4th. And the Giants are 22nd in rushing. Uh, Bills are 14th. So, I mean, take those numbers for what it's worth. I don't know if you can read too much into them at this point, but, um, I mean, it does tell a little bit of a story, just the the difference between these two squads. Uh, You can go right up front and look at record in this one. One's a two-loss team. One's a one-win team. But, um, yeah, these, these two squads are clearly not on equal footing. No, not not at all, Brad. And I think, don't get me wrong, Link Martindale in that defense is better than they played. I think their secondary sure. took a step back last year, or this year, I mean. Um, but there's just not a lot on that Giants team that scares you. No, no, not in this one. Let's go across injuries right now. A lot, I said, for the Giants. And the big concern is Daniel Jones. Does he play? He is their starter. So we'll say that, but he has not practiced through two days this week. Um, if that's the case here, looks probable that Buffalo would see their former starting quarterback and Tyrod Taylor get the start this weekend. Other injuries to note here. Uh, linebacker Micah McFadden did not practice on Wednesday. He was limited yesterday. Aziz uh, Ojolaro, he uh, has not practiced this week. Um, offensive tackle Matt Pert has not practiced this week. Uh, Wandell Robinson, their wide receiver, uh, was limited today, but did not practice yesterday. He's battling a knee injury. Uh, center John Michael Schmitz is did not practice at all uh, with a shoulder injury. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, it sounds like Saquon's probably going to play. He's been limited uh, this week, but I mean, this injury report, it, it's long. I could even go longer on this one. I'm not even going to get into it at this point. Uh, On the Buffalo Bills side, um, we'll see what happens with Dalton Kincaid. He remains in concussion protocol, but uh, was limited in practice uh, yesterday and today. Uh, Dawson Knox bailing a wrist injury, limited in practice. Um, So that's just kind of the latest on the injury front here from the Buffalo Bills. Greg Rousseau's been, I believe, limited. He's questionable going into this game, so a variety of different injuries all around. Dane Jackson is questionable. We'll see who's healthy in this one. But right now, uh, not looking good for the Giants going into this week's game. No, it, it isn't. And, I mean, it feels like the classic thing where the Giants are really going to overreach and try to force Daniel Jones into this game. And I just, I, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, um, what would you think Brian Dable's game plan would be in this one? I mean, we've seen the Bills get gashed on the ground. Uh, Travis Etienne had a very good game against Buffalo last week. Uh, if Saquon's healthy, how healthy is he? Do you think that's the game plan is just try to feed him the rock throughout the game? I, I think, I, I think Brad, it, it's going to be a lot of run game. I think... Terod Taylor is their backup, correct? Yep. Um, he is a guy who I think you could see a lot of read option and that sort of thing. 
um, really try to stress Dorian Williams or um, Dodson, whoever's on the field at the will linebacker. Personally, um, I think Dorian Williams is going to be. Um, I think he's a I much he better. Good fit. when he was out there. I, I did too, and I did not understand later in the game why the Bills chose to switch him out because he was he was flowing well. He looked like he was feeling well. I, I don't get it because once Dodson's on the field, teams are just going to go, okay, we'll just throw the ball because he can't cover the pass. He just can't. He's a great run defender, fills really well, does great. He just cannot get into the passing lanes. He's just not athletic enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's saying as he is in the 1.0001% of all human beings when it comes to football. It's just comparatively to his peers, he cannot cover as well as them. So I'd much rather see Dorian Williams out there, not only to, not only for, because I think he's a better fit against what they want to do. I also want to see what we have in it. I want him to get some live fire ammunition rounds, like him get used to being in the situation and then be able to, you know, figure out how, what to do from there. You know, he's got to figure out how to play in the NFL. And I think this will be a good look at what he has. And you take the good with the bad, right? He's a really athletic linebacker. who can do a lot of great things and he matches up well with Trell Bernard, what they want to do with him. So I think putting those two on the field at the same time would make a lot of sense. Most likely that means the defensive play calling will go to Micah Hyde. Um, but I, I, I can just, I, I think it's just a smarter play against a very athletic Giants team. I'm interested if either Knox or Kincaid are out in this one, how the tight end game figures into the Bills pass offense this week. Um, you know, Stefan Diggs is still going to be a major target here. Gabe, Dave, he's getting his targets. He's getting his catches this year. Um, but I'm curious, you know, the way they've been running a lot of 12 personnel, two tight ends sat out on the field a variety of different times this year. If at least one of those two isn't out there, I mean, I would highly doubt that they're running that personnel with Quentin Morris out there. Um, that I think that's going to be uh, a big it factor going in the game planning, at least for Ken Dorsey and his crew. I would really agree, Ben. I think that uh, if you don't have Knox or Kincaid and you're like, you know what, we're going to be, we're a little more willing to keep those guys out in this situation. Like we'll take sort of as a bye week, we'll take a rest, get them both right for next week's game, which by the way, I don't hate the idea of being like, you know what, we're not going to risk you getting further injured. Um, headed into a big stretch of games, I don't hate in the slightest saying, you know what, we're not doing that. Um, Because the Bills face the Giants this week, and then next week they're at the Patriots for a 1 o'clock game, and then they have a Monday night game, or is that their Thursday night? Thursday night game versus Tampa, yep. Thursday night versus Tampa. So it's going to be, I don't hate being like, you know what, we're going to change the game plan ever so slightly. We're going to spread it out more, force the Giants to either choose to blitz us or go or go with our passers and keep because the Bills short passing game has been excellent. And, you know, just looking back on last week's game against Jacksonville, Josh Allen was not the problem. Josh Allen was hitting his receivers. He threw for 300 yards, three TDs. The truth is he drops and some my, my moments of m- some moments of 
momentary lapses mentally from both offensive and defensive players are what costs the Bills that game. Gabe Davis dropping that clear first down cost the Bills the game. There's a lot of little mental mistakes the Bills made that cost them this game. And we see this game every year. I was sitting with my brother watching the game and I was like, we're going to lose. And we've seen this because we've seen it as Bills fans a million times. You're kind of in the game. It's pretty close. A mental mistake happens. Then you drive down the field and score. And then the other team ices you. And that's literally exactly what happened. ETN ran the ball down their throat. They didn't have an answer for it. And that to me is the most concerning thing out of all this is how easily Jacksonville ran the ball against the Bills, but it's also one of those weird bugaboos. The Bills Bills haven't won against Jacksonville since 2018, which was the Leonard Fournette Shaq Lawson fight game. Um and I Josh's think it's just one of those things. Year, yeah. yeah, it's just it they just don't want whatever for whatever reason they just don't match up well against the Jaguars. I don't know why. They just don't. Huh. Well, they'll put this one behind them as they take on the Giants. Like I said, an 8-15 kickoff coming from Highmark Stadium this Sunday night. Remind you to follow us across our social media platforms. You can find us online at DraftHouseSports.com, on Facebook.com slash Buffalo Bills Draft House, or across Twitter at Bills Bruiser at DHS at DHS Buffalo. Bills Giants coming up. So... X factors in this one. Uh, I don't know that they need to play a perfect game on offense this week, but you know, doing what they've done over the past several games, limiting their turnovers, sustaining drives—something that they couldn't do early in this game. Sam Martin had to punt an awful lot. Keep the punter off the field as much as you can. I mean, needless to say, but basic, fundamental keys to the game in this one for the Bills. I also knew, I think it was early in the game, they had like a fourth and five inside the 50. And they punted the ball, and I was like, oh, we got, it scared McDermott, we're done. Yeah, that's Like when I, exactly. McDermott's feeling himself, and he's going to, you know what, we're going for it, you're, you're, I'm always confident we're going to win those games. When it's, you're inside the 50, you have a quarter of a billion dollar quarterback, and you're scared to have him try to get a first down. You've already lost. You've already conceded the game. Game over. Yep. Like I knew as soon as that happened, like oh, this game's over. Cool. The only way we win is if like miraculous play, like a pick six. That's the only thing that was going to get us in that game. And the defense never looked like they had it at any point. Nope, they played to not lose that one. That's really how it felt. A hundred percent, Brad. So, how do you take this game? What is your game plan? If you're Sean McDermott, if you're Ken Dorsey, if you're that coaching staff, how do you game plan for the Giants this week? Excuse my vulgarity, but you let you walk in and lay your nuts on the table. <laughs> you just go, we're going to attack you in every weak point you have. You have a great defensive line. Cool. The ball's out in two seconds. You don't have a chance to get there. Oh, hey, your offensive line. Cool. We are sending every single confusing stunt we have against you. We are playing the nastiest junkyard defense we can. I am just walking in there, and I am going to just keep, and this is what I would do if I were a Bills coach, we're going to walk in, and we're going to start kicking the Giants in the face, and we're not going to stop until our foot meets the other side of the ground through their head. That is the only acceptable game plan. If we do not do anything else, it is very, very difficult to foresee this team winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, and this is, 
you know, exactly what you alluded to. I'd say it's one of those flex your muscles kind of games for the Bills that they are clearly the better of these two teams. Um, you know, we saw Miami, you know, get a win over them. I think that they could, you know, put on more points. They could double up. I'm not trying to put apples and oranges together here, but I feel like if, if they lose this game, there's going to be major, major question marks here in Orchard Park. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's going to, honestly, the line's 13 and a half. If they don't cover, there should be major questions. Yeah, everything in this one says Bill's victory, but, you know, this is the NFL. Any given Sunday in this one. Side-by-side comparisons here. Uh, Josh Allen, obviously the Bill's leading passer here, coming in 1,407 pass yards, 11 touchdowns, five interceptions. Daniel Jones, if he plays, uh, 884, two touchdowns, six INTs. Daniel Jones is their leading rusher right now at 197 yards, uh, Cook, have, of course, has over 100 yards, or nearly over 100 yards, 292 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Darren Waller is their leading receiver coming in at 239 receiving yards. Stephon Diggs has 520 receiving yards, five touchdowns. So, side by side comparison there tells you the story just with some of the playmakers here for uh, both these squads. Uh, 100%, Brad. It, it, it's it's night and day difference, in all honesty. I mean, you have Saquon Barkley on, on the Giants side, but in all honesty, it's he hasn't been as productive this year. He hasn't looked as good. The, it seems the entire Giants, both offense and defense, have taken a big step back. I hate to say must win. It's only October, but I feel like these next three games here are must wins. We talked about a little I, already I, here. The Giants, the Patriots, the Buccaneers. These are games you have to win. 100% Brad, I completely agree. Then you go in, you play Cincinnati on the road, Sunday night football. Who knows what kind of Cincinnati team they're going to face. Then you come back, you got to beat the Broncos at home. The Jets, yeah, you got to beat them at home too. The Eagles is going to be a tough test the uh, Sunday after Thanksgiving. Then you get the bye uh, at the Chiefs, of course, always tough. Cowboys come here. Who knows what Cowboys team will face that week. Uh, at the Chargers, New England's here New Year's Eve, and then at the Dolphins, um, no game time set on that one. So a lot of winnable games on the schedule, and that's what it has to be. They have to win the games they're supposed to win. 100%, Brad. They need to, they need to secure the victory, and once they do that, it's, it, you know, that's the tough thing about being a Bills fan, though. It feels like but we do this every year, right? Like last year, we did the same thing. We were like, "Oh, after a couple, after the Miami loss, eh, you know, we don't know what's going to happen." But then the Bills go out and they they rip off a four game winning streak. You know, this is what they do. This team's going to be a twelve and five team, maybe a thirteen and four team by the end of the season. I would not be shocked. You know, like it, this team's going to get right. There's too talented a team not to. Final thoughts this week, Alex? Uh, you know what? One I've been kind of bouncing around um, is the Bills might need to start looking for cornerback addition outside of where, like outside of the organization. Yeah. Um, the Broncos are currently listening to every single player on their defense, listening to offers. I, I would be, this is going to get crazy, but... 
if I were the Bills, this is what I would do. If you don't feel comfortable with Dorian Williams or um, or Dodson at linebacker, I call the Broncos and offer the same deal they got last year for Bradley Chubb for Patrick Sertan. Um, a first-round pick this year and a fourth-round pick the following year hmm. for Patrick Sertan. He's got one year left and then his fifth-year option. It's a cost-control option. plays great cornerback. Yeah. Um, and can instantly upgrade that CB1 position and really fill that in. It also gives Trey White a ton of time to come back from the Achilles injury. This is true. Next, right. call the Panthers. Um, Jeremy Chin is a box safety who can play both positions similar to very similar to Jordan Poyer in play style. Um, he's got this is his last year of his rookie deal. That's a perfect rental pickup. Do a fifth round pick this year, sixth round pick the following year, and have it be a pick swap where whoever has the better pick out of the two of us, the Panthers get that pick. Whoever has the worst pick, the Bills get that pick. Um, and that gets you, and then move Jordan Poyer into that will side backer. Jordan Poyer works very well at the line of scrimmage. He can fly to the ball. It also lets you drop him into coverage and add him as an asset in those situations. I, he, you can tell he's a step behind this year. You know, he just doesn't have it at the same thing he did even last year when he was banged up. He's just a hair off. Moving him in the box, I feel like, could be a really good decision. It'll get him closer to the action, allow him to flow and play a little bit better, get less of the clutter. He also has to cover less space in coverage, and he could be a legitimate asset underneath covering tight ends and slot receivers. And I think it would make a lot of sense for, for the Bills to pick up some pieces, try to make some moves, because the window's closing. We all know the window's closing. The window's closing. I think it's like majority of Super Bowl repeat Super Bowl teams win at least one within their rookie contract. The only one who didn't do that was Peyton Manning. So you gotta act while you gotta act while you have two cost controlled options. Start searching the market. You give up premium assets, but you're getting a guy who's on your roster for at least two years, who you can then sign to a long term deal. It also coincides with the end of Trey White's contract. A lot of deals to be made here by Bean and Company. We'll see. Trade deadline is looming here about a couple weeks away at this point. So we'll keep an eye on that. Why don't you keep an eye on us? Follow us across our social media platforms. Watch Alex on Twitter at TWCallahanDHS. You can follow me at Bill's Bruiser. Follow the site here at DHS Buffalo. And find us online at DrafthouseSports.com and Facebook. Dot com slash Buffalo Bills Draft House. Bills Giants 815 coming up on Sunday, October 15th. This has been the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast for Alex Jones. I'm Brad the Bruiser Icorn. Go Bills. This has been the Buffalo Bills Draft House Podcast. Available on Spotify, Odyssey, Prime Music, Audible, or wherever you get your podcast. In our street media production.